Tony Walking as Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The zone. Uh, good morning. Welcome in. Out of Bounds. Brought to you by Chris Corley, Angel Oak Home Loans. Show is also presented by I Care Professionals. LASIK and cataract surgery, Dr. Kirk Jeffries. Eye care professionals, two locations. Lakeland Drive, one in Jackson, the other Bellmead Flowood, presented by Eye Care Professionals. Want to say good morning, welcome in. Thanks for going to Apple Podcast and or Spotify. Searching out of bounds with Bow Bounds and listening to the show. Um we love you for that. Well, we love you for listening to the show live, too. And uh, there's a lot of love here. A lot of love here, for sure. Um, you can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line, 601-707-3750. Twitter handle, at Bowbounds. And your Ag Up Equipment text line is 601-885-3776. Mississippi State with a good win last night in basketball. Uh, I don't think it really means much, but kids want to win and compete. And uh, they did that, and they played well, and they dominated South Carolina in the second half. And, um, you know, these are probably the last games here for Tolu Smith and Molinar. Tolu's playing so well. Um, and not that Molinar's playing bad by any stretch either, but, man, Tolu is a guy that, like, if you were in position to go to the tournament, you could be dangerous because he's uh, – Getting his strength back. He had lost a lot of his strength, you know, from his hips down. Getting that back. Uh, there's not a lot of good big men anymore, especially guys that can move and uh, have some versatility. You know, his footwork and hands for a big man are good. Y- y'all know. I mean, we all grew up. I mean, most guys had stone hands and, you know, couldn't walk and chew gum. And, um, you know, I mean, again, I-, I made some great passes into the post over the years uh, to know <laughs> just – Mind-boggling. We, but, had a, uh, we had a big man in high school who twisted his ankle and missed uh, like a week of games because he was walking from class and he was chewing gum and walking and he twisted his ankle and so we made fun of him forever. Did he, you really? Yeah, he, we were like, dude, don't give, don't give. I'm not gonna say his name because that would just be no. Let's to, not do that to drag him 12 years later or 15 years later. But yeah, he was chewing gum and walking to class and he twisted his ankle and so then we always joked you can't give him gum because he can't chew gum and walk at the same time. <laughs> well, I can tell you this: Tolu Smith can. <laughs> He is a really good player. He's not going to play in the NBA, I don't think. Uh, but he's a, you know, I would think he's there's a spot for him to make money. But I, I keep saying this, and I, and I, I just haven't thrown myself into this. I don't, I don't know what the year, I don't know what the uh, international pro basketball looks like now that we went through COVID. Because I just would think that so many of those. Uh, teams literally operated like month to month. Um, and I, I just also get the sense that they were run by like drug lords. 
And, you know, it's just a, it's just a, I think that's accurate. (laughs) And maybe I'm right. You know, maybe it's because I've had dinner with Marshall Henderson several times. It's Steve Azar's celebrity event. And Marshall's got some unbelievable stories. And I've heard some other ones about some of our players out of Starkville and Oxford going overseas. Now I look, if you hit it right, some did, you can, I mean, Timmy Bowers went overseas and made a lot of money. Yeah, Turkey, Russia, and Greece are the... I mean, Turkey, Russia, and Spain are the highest average salaries for international basketball in Europe. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there are people that we we do have guys that have gone over and, and had successful career, made six figures for eight, nine, ten years. I mean, that... If you want to play basketball, that's not a bad life. No. Make, make 200 grand playing basketball yeah. in Spain or something like that. You can 400 you, grand. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, their salary's up to 4 million in some of those countries. Okay. So, well, yeah. like you said, if you can make a couple hundred grand plus for six to 10 years, that's pretty darn good. But, uh, so I don't, I don't know. Tolu Smith is a good college basketball player. You would love to have him for another year. You know, can you throw some NIL money at him? 30, 40 grand. And uh, I don't, I, I, he seems worth it, but I don't, still don't know. He may just be like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, like Blake said, I'm going to go to Turkey or something and, yeah. and play hoops and, and get paid 180. Yeah. And, and also not do school or yeah, yeah, just hang and, out and, and, yeah. and all the stuff that, uh, that's a good point. So anyway, um, I didn't realize this. You mentioned this about Iverson Molinar, and I, I think we did talk, but I don't remember this. So you, if you're not born in the U.S., you can't sign NIL deals? Correct. Is that in Mississippi only? Because I thought those were state by state. Or is that an NCAA rule? I think it's NCAA right now, Blake. I just know that I was told a few weeks ago that they they couldn't even come up with – they they have the money. I mean, uh, Mississippi State's done a, a good job on the NIL front. Or well, it's not MSU. You know what I mean. Yes. But the bottom line is, let's say they put together fifty grand for Molinar, which he's worth that. Um, but if they put that together, he, I didn't. You know, can't do that for international I players. Didn't so somebody that. just told me that a few weeks ago. I didn't remember that. Yeah. And I referenced it yesterday. That's where you're, you're. Yeah. You're pulling that from. I just didn't remember. They could for Tolu Smith. I mean, anybody that, yeah. else. But if you're an international, I, I think it's ridiculous. But well, how do you make that distinct? Like, how do you distinct? I mean, why would you have even put that in there? That's my point. Is like what? Stupid. Yeah, that's. Ugh. I mean, we've got players from Europe, and and I don't remember where Molinar's from. Pan- uh, he's from Panama, something like that. Yeah, he's from this. Okay. Like, yeah, Central America. I, you know. So you're telling? Yeah, like, like, sorry, bud. I know you weren't born in the U.S., but that. <laughs> You're no longer is. worth it. Panama City, Panama. Yeah, that's why I thought he was from Panama, yeah. Uh, it makes no sense to me. What else was I to Oh, do you want to get into this? Uh, Lincoln Riley? Yeah, all yeah. right. So Lincoln Riley was the head coach at Oklahoma, and now he's at Southern Cal. And he dropped $17.2 million on his oceanfront estate in Los Angeles. Let, let me run this down. We're going to talk a little man cave stuff here. It ain't bragging if you can back it up. You're damn right it didn't. Um, $17.2 million he dropped. Uh, I think Blake told me that Southern Cal paid like $7 million of that. Yeah. All right. It's a 13,000-square-foot home. Seven bedrooms, 12 baths, five-car garage, elevator, seven fireplaces. Not sure why you need that in, in one, one per bedroom, Southern Cal. <laughs> 
movie theater, tennis court, putting green, sauna, steam room, 600 bottle wine room. That's big. And guest house. That's insane. So Blake asked, what's the one thing you would have to have in a house that is that macked out and cool? Yeah. When you sign your Power 5 coaching deal, what's the first thing you put in your mansion? Cigar room. With an unbelievable humidor up in the ceiling so that when I'm there with my buds and I'm smoking, when you can't smoke cigars outside, which you can a lot throughout the year in L.A., just like you can here, but when you can't, and you're watching the game or you're smash. Everybody's got ribeyes and yeah. bourbon. Yeah. Um, uh, I would have a super cool cigar room with a world-class humidifier yeah. up in my yeah. ceiling it, it, thing. It keeps everything clean despite with the smoke. So let yeah. me ask you this question because I don't know enough about, can you do cigars in your wine room? Is that a thing? Is that a mess up the wine? Uh, that's a good question. Because for you, I'm thinking like I'm thinking like rustic, like European style wine cellar, but that's also got a part in it that is where you can sit and smoke your cigars and like like a combination. Because you're such a wine snob, you got to have your wine set like 600 bottle wine room. I thought of you first. I would love to yeah, have that. I know, and be able to afford the inventory in there. Uh, Lincoln Riley probably doesn't even drink wine, which really ticks me off. Uh, that segment was brought to you by Havana Smoke Shop. Premium cigars for college basketball and college baseball. Havana Smoke Shop, two locations in the metro area. For all your premium cigars, Havana Smoke Shop. Back in a sec. I'm like fat Brett Ford. Ole Miss plays Oral Roberts this weekend. I'm expecting a sweep, but I don't know anything about Oral Roberts baseball. Um, Mississippi State plays Princeton. They're not good. You're talking about a team that has to get three. And I know they've got a lot going against them. Their two best pitchers are out right now and all that. They got to find a way to win. Princeton's not good. You've recruited well. Yeah, whoever plays, plays. You got to win. Uh, they cannot afford to, to drop a game this weekend. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. I mean, Mississippi State cannot afford to drop a game this weekend. That's where they are. Princeton's not good. And you need to get 27 innings of baseball in. And you need to win all three games and move on. And you got to hope that some guys that haven't pitched much or at all uh, can get in there and get some um, experience. Uh, and we'll see how that all looks. I, again, I'm I'm going to harp on this. Stinnett and Fristo, and I know they pitched Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, you know, boy, you really need them to be a, a, a factor on the weekends or on the weekend. You, you do. 
And uh, we'll see now that your ace is gone. Uh, Landon Sims, mm-hmm. your second best pitcher, Stone Simmons, mm-hmm. is out for now. Casey Hunt evidently is out for a month or so. Uh, Yikes. You just got to you gotta figure it out. Where's, so, where's Jake Mangum when you need him to pitch? Can you believe he did that? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. still It's still hilarious that he threw multiple. What did he tell us? He, he didn't even really have but one pitch. He threw fastball and something that wasn't a fastball. Yeah, okay. It was, it was like... It was like he, I mean, you know, it was uh, some kind of breaking ball. It but was not really. Yeah, it was like off speed, but kind yeah, of. Yeah. yeah, it was like get it over the plate. That's incredible. I that mean, really you know, is. Winners win. Do you know how know. bad Ole Miss wants to smoke Mississippi State in April with the last? Uh, I don't know what it's been. Their five last years series, or something. The last series win was 2015 for Ole Miss. Is that true? Well, from Jake Mangum's in freshman year, which was 16, okay. on, they, so you missed 20. You okay. didn't play 20, but every other series, Mississippi State's won since, since 15. Wow. And they have not lost the Governor's Cup yet since then either. And Ole Miss gets to host, and they're better. And all four games are in a five-day window. Yes, they are. Which is never – you and I talked about this at the beginning of the season. I don't remember it in my lifetime ever either. being that way. Yeah. So – it, it's going to be interesting, man. You're talk, you talk about packed in. It, Pearl, the Pearl Park could be a danger zone come that <laughs> Tuesday, depending on what happens in Oxford. That's true. That they Friday, get, Saturday, yeah, yeah, Sunday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right, let's let's switch gears here. I want to I want to jump into some college football. Uh, Bruce Feldman ranked uh, his top twenty five college football coaches right now, not like in Ever. the history of the game. Yeah. Right now, today. Kind of where where he's at. and you know we're we're in a little bit of a weird spot in college football. Once you start trying to go t- to the number two guy, you know Urban is no longer in college football. That would be Urban Meyer, and we all know who's number one, and it's not close. Ed Orgeron, right? Um. So after Saban, Bruce. Bruce Feldman has Dabo Swinney still at number two. Now, granted, look, Dabo played for several champ. It's not like it was eight years ago. I mean, he was just in the national championship game against LSU. He's won a couple with two different quarterbacks, which that impresses me, by the way. Um, a they, lot of people would have Kirby already at two. Uh, I would not. No. But uh, Dabo is at number two, and Kirby is at number three. So you, you feel like, Okay, now Luganville said something interesting. Uh, was that mon- Monday? And he said uh, he expects Clemson to bounce back in a big way. They're returning a ton of players, and he thinks they're going to get the quarterback position worked out. Well, I mean, we know they're in a weak conference now. Miami's coming, but they're they're not there yet. And Florida State doesn't look like uh, we thought they might be getting their act together. It doesn't look that way necessarily. Right. It, it is a pivotal year for Norvell. Um, and Dabo won 10. It's easy to forget as bad as they were at times. They still won 10 games this year Isn't that crazy. He's finished top six, six straight seasons and, uh, won two national titles. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's long. Longev- okay. That's the longevity that, that Kirby doesn't have yet. Right. That's the difference. That's right. And Kirby may win it again this year and then we can start the discussion, but he hasn't. So this is where we are. So he has Saban, Dabo and Kirby. Okay. That's one, two, three. Now, Four, now we start. I, I don't getting, know if I'm buying yeah. this. I mean, Ron Day stepped in Ohio State, and I understand that he's done a good job and and is he's 23 and one. 
in Big Ten play and thirty four and four overall, and that and that's that's awesome. But it, it you know it's a machine, and I mean, tell me this: has Ryan Day won a monster big game? That's the key. He like, has to win the game that like matters. Beat Saban, yep. Yep. beat Kirby, beat Dabo. You know, in, in, in some kind of big game with a lot on the line. Yep. That's the next step because winning, winning in the Big Ten, if you're Ohio State, is whatever, right? right? I mean, I hate to say that. And he's the number one recruiter. All yeah. right. So, so Ryan, which a lot of y'all don't even know. Ryan, I get it. So anyway, Ryan Day's at number four. Brian Kelly's at number five. Does that surprise you? He's at LSU now. Uh, he obviously did a wonderful job at Notre Dame. Ninety-two and thirty-nine. That's incredible. That's insane. Yeah. The only thing he didn't do was win a title. But he played for two. Yeah. Which in Notre Dame were like they hadn't done that prior to him getting there in a minute, so he took them to the step that they weren't at. Um, Brian Kelly at number five. He's now at LSU. He was ninety-two and thirty-nine at Notre Dame. Uh, number six is Lincoln Riley. Boy, I think they're. I think he's going to win big. Does that surprise you that he's number six? I doesn't. Should he be higher? That's a great question. Is what he did at Oklahoma better than what Ryan Day did at Ohio State, or are they somewhat the same because of the context? I think that it's they both somewhat the in? same because one followed Stoops and one followed Urban, and both so both came into great situations. Great they were, situations. We talk about ninety nine percent of the time when you're hiring a coach, it's to rebuild. But there's every now and then there's the weird one that Oklahoma and Ohio State were both weird situations. Urban burned out again. Stoops looked at it and said, "I've made a ton of money. I'm going to the house." Yeah. And so you took over great programs. So did Kirby. In bad, Remember, in bad spots, too. Those three guys took over programs healthy. that were rolling and healthy. healthy. Yeah. Kirby and, Smart, Ron Day, Lincoln Riley. In ease of, ease of, or path of least resistance places, too. No doubt. No doubt. So, and I think Lincoln's going to win. I think the two programs to look at over the next few years, Blake, are Southern Cal and Florida. But let me, let's keep going through here. We're referencing the athletic.com, Bruce Feldman, ranking the top 25 college football coaches. Now, number seven is Jimbo Fisher. Mm. Now, Jimbo is a freak recruiter. He also always gets the Florida State title bump. He does. Which is fair or foul, he's always going to get yeah. that bump. And that's nine years ago in 2013 with Jameis Winston. Okay. Um <laughs> He's 25 and 13 outside outside of 2020 where they went 9 and 1 during the covid year. Didn't play Ole Miss. Yeah, didn't play Ole Miss. Outside of that, he's 25 and 13 and 13 and 11 in SEC Ooh, play. 13 and 11. That's no good. He lost to Joe Moorhead. Jimbo at so. That's you know whatever. I didn't know you were going to go there. That was funny. <laughs> Just calling it like well, I he, 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 Joe Moorhead won those two games and told his staff he did not want to win that way against A&M and Auburn. Where is Joe? Is he in this top 25 list? No. He's at Akron. You want to go on a road trip? You surprised at number nine? Does he belong there? I don't think he does. And we're going to talk about that on the other side. That'll be the tease. We won't say who's at number nine. But uh, we're referencing theathletic.com, Bruce Feldman's top 25 college football coaches. We are the Out of Bounds Show, brought to you by the delicious pizza at Salad Mookie's in Madison. Um, lunch specials, Blake, Tuesday through Friday. Get a slice or two of pizza and a salad. It's delicious. Their wings are great. Calamari, all at Salad Mookie's in Madison. 
Straight ahead, who's number nine? Lincoln Riley flexing on everybody in college football. That's what he did. Lincoln Riley, the new head football coach at Southern Cal, dropped 17-plus million on his new oceanfront estate in Los Angeles. It is beautiful. The, uh, the pictures are magnificent. It'll remind you of, you know, if you've ever been to a resort. You know, in the Bahamas or Cabo or Europe or wherever. It's uh, really nice. Um, 13,000 square feet, 17 plus million. Incredible, Blake. I I think he just flexed on everybody. Yeah, that's an insane house. Yeah. It's big time. Front office sports. uh Threw up some pictures and some video of it, and it is magnificent. Gorgeous overlooking the water. Lincoln Riley uh, is going to win and win big at Southern Cal. And I think it could get a little bit tougher, actually, for the teams that we've talked about uh, that have dominated at the top. Uh, Look, they're still going to get their guys, but when everybody, you know, it's a finite amount of talent. One more mouth at the table. I think there's two, really. Uh, you could argue three. We'll see. But um, so, so Bama, Georgia, and A&M have been flexing on everybody in recruiting. And um, I, I'd keep an eye on Southern Cal, Miami, and Florida. I think Cristobal's going, you know, those that three county area where she's gone in, gotten a player to Georgia, Bama, you know, some other Ohio State's been able to get kids to get on a plane, fly through Atlanta, go to Columbus. Uh Mario is a warlord. I mean, he's got Will Wade in him. Okay. And they're they're gonna get after it. So Blake mentioned it. When there's two more mouths, maybe three more at the table, I think Lincoln Riley's going to get some guys to stay at home. Absolutely. In the L.A. area because he's cool and he gets it and he's won and he's they're committed. Their, their alums finally got together and said, what, are we, what have we been doing the last 12, 13 years? And Southern Cal has been getting dominated in California recruiting, which is really wild to say. I think that's over. They have been getting, like, Utah – uh, Oregon, even Texas, and and Oklahoma, like have gone gone. Oklahoma was feast. Lincoln Riley was feasting on California at Oklahoma. Yeah. That's sailed. That's gone. And who's going to say no when he entertains you at a seventeen million dollar oceanfront estate in Los Angeles? When he's doing team bonding events there? Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> uh, you know, Southern Cal is the program. Yeah. To look, I mean, look. It's L.A., It's the Pac-12's not any good. They can carry uh, the West Coast oh, if, if run correctly. It just takes one program out there, them. You know, or, Oregon tried, and that was fun. Not even close to when, when Southern Cal wants to let you know about it. You know, 
they can be as good or better than anybody else. So we'll, I, I think keep an eye on Southern Cal, Miami, and Florida. Um, I, we need a couple other teams, you know, to get in the mix. And I, I would love to see some big matchups. Southern Cal against somebody from the SEC in, a, in the playoff. Yeah. You know, Southern Cal good enough to go against Georgia or Bama. I guess Clemson or Ohio State, you know, and LSU may not be. I, I wouldn't think they're too far off, even though Dave Bartu doesn't like their coordinator hires. Brian Kelly's been able to get it done for a long time in a place that's cold and not awesome. Um, and now he's got players all all around him. I it, this could be kind of a more. We could expand this thing. We're not going to expand the playoff right now. But as far as teams, that can, which is unfortunate, the way everything kind of shuffled this year, right? What a, what a great time because, you know, they could take just a few players from the programs I just referenced, spread them out over Southern Cal, Miami, Florida, maybe, you know, and, and you could maybe you can get up to, maybe you can get up to six teams. Oh, six seven, eight teams that there's just not even a penny's worth of difference. If Southern Cal starts taking away from the top three, Miami from the top three, I mean, LSU's not going to go anywhere. And then I think Napier's going to get after it. I, I think he is going to surprise people. And, and you know, Dan wasn't going to throw down like you've, you've got to um, and wasn't as interested, obviously. I mean, it's a combo. Uh, I think Napier's going to get after it. I do with with Kirby and Mario and and Saban. Uh, and look, man, Florida's huge. That brand, what they have to offer, the swamp, the sunshine, twenty million people in that state, jump man. Yeah, just don't don't sleep on them. I know it's been a while. I mean, Dan did a good job for his first three years, but not great. Um, don't sleep on Florida. They, that's the real deal there. So we'll see what, the, but those are the three programs that I'm looking at Southern Cal and Miami and Florida. Now let's go back to the list, the athletic.com Bruce Feldman, uh, his top 25. I'm going to give you a quick rundown and then we're going to keep rolling. Okay. Saban one, Dabo two, Kirby three, Ron day four. Uh, Brian Kelly, legit five. Lincoln Riley, legit six. Jimbo Fisher, uh, whoo. We were talking about a drop-off here. Jimbo at seven. Uh, ferocious recruiter. I don't know about the headsets. Um, Kyle Whittingham's good, but nobody cares at number eight. All right, number nine. This guy just signed a $50 million contract. And... But things are not trending the right way at Penn State. Nope. James Franklin. Uh, man, when you look at what has happened, uh, they are not trending in the right direction. And Feldman says he's gone from being a top five coach to almost slipping out of the top ten after consecutive four to five seasons, four and five seasons in Big Ten play. He's 11 and 11 overall. You know, the Big Ten's different than the SEC. He'd be on the hot seat in the SEC. 
the Big Ten has a little bit more of a I don't know. I, I guess like a 1970s view on things when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. And he's been 11 and 11, you know, in Big Ten play. I, I just, Blake, it, let's see what he does this year um, and what he's going to do with that offense. It's it's crazy to think he, this is year nine for him at Penn State. I know it it doesn't feel like he's been there that long, but you forget his first two seasons. He goes seven and six, seven and six. That's coming out of the Bill O'Brien mess, which was coming out of this the Sandusky all that nonsense where they were on probation forever and 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 almost got the death penalty. So I get that his first two years, like you're still coming out of nothing. Then he goes on that run, eleven and three, eleven and two, nine and four, eleven and two. The last two years. Four and five in the COVID season, seven and six last season. You know, it's not like he, like Feldman said, I think we all had James Franklin as a top five coach in college football, especially given that, like, in that middle of that run, like 16, 17, 18, 19, it was not only was he making this run at Penn State, but we all know he had a winning record at Vanderbilt over three years, which is not possible. (laughs) So I agree with Feldman. Something feels like Franklin either hasn't grown or hasn't adapted or something stale at Penn State. I don't know what it is. I still think he's a good coach, but I got to b- believe, I don't know that he belongs in the top 10. Well, it's definitely a debate. Harbaugh's at 12. Um, and Harbaugh had a great year, but then he got a little sloppy and lost some key assistants. He thought he was leaving. Yeah. He thought he was going to the NFL. And so Harbaugh's at 12. Now, let's fast forward down here. Crystal Ball, who's at Miami now, is 14. Mark Stoops is 15. Oh. Chip Kelly at UCLA is 16. Lane Kiffin at 17. I actually think Lane should be higher. And um, I, I think Lane, obviously, is is way better than Mark Stoops. Uh, right now, he's operating better than Chip Kelly. Um, now, Chip Kelly did bounce back and go 8-4 and four this past year. Obviously, the Pac-12 is terrible. Um, he seems to be getting some things going. So we'll see. You won't ever see the 46 and seven that he did at Oregon. That's insane. But Lane is, uh, just let Ole Miss a 10 and three record. He was 26 and 13 at Florida Atlantic. And, um, Lane just needs a couple years under the belt to get up to that like top 15, top yeah. 12 range. It's just he hasn't done it quite long enough yet. Well, how about coming in at 19 is Hugh Freeze? Uh, the right reverend, baby. Well, br- <laughs> uh, he's one of the best play callers around. I'm, I'm reading Feldman's comments. Uh, he's gone 26 and 11 in three years with the Flames after winning a lot at Ole Miss. So, Freeze at 20, I'm sorry, 19, um, Gundy at 20, and then there's some people y'all don't is, care about. Is there anyone outside the top 10 that you would say unequivocally, you would stand oh, you would stand on a box for and say, this guy's a top 10 coach in college football, and you're wrong? Bruce Feldman. Is there anyone outside the top 10? Luke Fickle was number 10, by the way. I don't know if we mentioned that. Yeah, nobody cares. Oh, I know, but just that rounds out the top 10. He's the hot name right now. Yeah, I got one. Okay. Jim Harbaugh. Okay. You believe Jim Harbaugh is a top 10 coach in college? Football? I absolutely believe that. Okay. Yes. Uh, he's done a good job. 
at Michigan. Uh, they're not what they think. We talk about this all the time. They're not what they think they are. So that's the top 25 list. Kif- Kiffin is in it. I could see Kiffin being in the top 15. He didn't make it. He made 17, which is still good. Uh, look, Mark Stoops, that story's great. He's done a good job at Kentucky. Nobody in the right minds hiring Stoops over Lane Kiffin. And, and I know Lane used to be immature and was kind of a spoiled brat and, and kind of got a lot of things handed to him early. He looks like he has matured and figured this thing out and is is doing, you know, punching a lot. He's pressing a lot of the right buttons. And, yes, he wanted out. Not, like, against Ole Miss. He wanted some of the big, I mean, this was the biggest offseason in the history of college football. He would have loved to have been in the mix at Southern Cal. That was never going to happen at Oklahoma, at LSU. You know, those were never going to happen. But he wanted Miami. It didn't work out. They they were going to bring back the chosen son, Mario Cristobal, played there. Um, and so they brought him back in from Oregon. And, uh, hey, this may line up for Keith Carter and Ole Miss, where Lane, uh, because of this, all the openings we had this past year, and you really got to ask the question, there's only so many jobs in front of Ole Miss and Mississippi because there's just so much money. Um, you really got to ask the question with all the opening, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, Southern Cal, LSU, Miami, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on, uh, you know, what, what would open up in the next couple of years for Lane to actually leave? Okay. What jobs are coming up that potentially could open? All right. I'll tell you one that could, I don't see one in the league right now. Not in the SEC. No. Correct. Well, Agreed. Unless Auburn, you know, that Auburn is a better program than Ole Miss and Mississippi State. However, let's say they get rid of Brian Harson. Could they go after Lane? Sure. I don't, you know, I don't know if that's just a total done deal that he would go to the Plains, although I think he would love to go there, be the arch rival of Saban, and, and try to flip the script a little bit. But I'll give you a... And so with the ACC kind of where we are right now, um, you know, if Norvell's let go at yep. Florida State, I don't think that's got as much sauce as people think it does. I don't think they can pay him what he would want. Yeah, and so I, I actually think Ole Miss could survive that, okay? So. Oh, you're, you're forgetting another school. Well, hang on. There is one that I think he would love it, – it, they're not known for getting their act together, but the location is primo. UCLA. Ooh, Chip Kelly. Now, Chip turned it around a little bit this year and went eight and four. Okay. But Lane wants to be in a major metropolitan area on the coast. He won the Miami job so bad he couldn't stand it. He would have loved to have had this another, and he would have been so much more successful at Southern Cal. This time around, because he's grown up, he's, you know, evolved, matured, pivot, blah, 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 blah. Um, Chip Kelly makes $4.7 million base salary. Yeah, and they could bump it. They could, you know, if they wanted to get it together, they could at least, they may not come close to $7.1 million or whatever, seven point two that Lane's doing. But you're pitching other things that you can't get in Oxford. That's that's part of the trade-off. Yeah, like, he, he'd go for six. So, yeah. So, the, the point, I think, or something in there. Interesting that you went UCLA. And so, 
as long as Sark hangs on. That's where I was going. Tick, Texas. Well, Lane would take that job. And uh, I think Sark is in more hot water than maybe we thought he would be in year three. I think both of us thought he was going to be more successful. And he's in year of, one. He's kind of all over the place, to be honest. Yeah, it was it was a tough year, no doubt. When you lose to Kansas, one of the worst programs in, in college in the country, and some other things that happen, you're right. So he's got to turn it around. I think I still think he will, Blake. And I could be wrong, but I still think Sark's going to get it done or start to win. You know, now they're going to be in the SEC before we know it, so I don't know how that will look. But I, if Texas were to come open in the next couple, it's not he's not in any danger this year, even if they don't do well. Now, year three could get weird and funky on him. Um, so he's going to have to turn it soon. Sark, Sark, that is. Yeah. Chip Kelly is um, 18 and 26 in at UCLA in four seasons. Yeah. It's not good. He's it, first, this was his it, first it, winning year. Lane would love to go out there, go against Lincoln, and um, but that would be a stepping stone for him, right? Like I see Texas is somewhere where Lane could stay and coach for a minute. UCLA doesn't feel like a landing spot for Kiffin. It still feels below him. Is that weird to say? Is it because no? I, because they haven't ever done what they should exactly. do. Exactly, Arjun. Never I committed. I don't think anyone my age or even a little bit older, or a little younger, looks have, at UCLA that way. He loves. Look, he loves a major metropolitan area. That man, the camp. It's got everything you need to win. Yeah, I don't disagree and, and with that. Having been on the camp, it's beautiful, man. It, it's not hard to sell a kid. I know they tripped over themselves for fifty years and vomited all over themselves and just done dumb, dumb, dumb things as an athletic department and a program. Mm-hmm. But you see, if they got the right guy, they could win. And and Lane would love to get in that battle with uh, Lincoln. Anyway, the point is, Lane, Lane. it looks like Lane's going to stay. He could, he could be there another, I mean, this is an eternity now. He could be there another three years. Who knows? Um, I mean, unless the NFL comes calling. What job is he going to take? Ole Miss is paying him seven plus million dollars. Yep. What? What's a? There are only so many big, big jobs, um, in college football, and UCLA is not a big job, but it's a it's got a cool factor that may appeal to someone. Ole Miss is a better football program, but it's got a, it's an easier place to win. And it's got a cool factor that I think would appeal to Lane. So even though it's not as good a job, but yet it's got path of least resistance. And with Oklahoma and Texas coming, Lane Train and Leach are going to have to really sharpen the sword. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Uh, Blake Gaddis has been moved to Friday pitcher for Ole Miss. Preston Johnson will will throw for Mississippi State. I'm switching gears here for just a second to do a little Friday starting rotation. It's Preston Johnson's birthday. Uh, I don't know if you've wished him happy birthday yet. I have not. I have not either. Okay. Well, I just saw it on the Twitter. Somehow it, it, I guess somebody liked or retweeted it that that follows me. And um, if you want to be awesome, we would love for you to follow us on Twitter at Bo Bounds, um, driven by the 
Ram trucks and Jeep Grand Cherokees at Mack Hike and Flowood. Ole Miss going with the early, early start. Their first pitch is at 1 p.m. today. I saw that. Mississippi State at 4 p.m. I thought MSU would actually move theirs up a little bit more. Yeah. I love the 1, one o'clock start. I know fans don't. And I, I, get, I get it. You know, if you were planning on kicking off from Tupelo at, at 1 or 2 to get there for a little bit later game, uh, that, that makes sense. But, yeah, 1 o'clock at Swayze and 4 o'clock at uh, Duty Noble. And then tomorrow the high is 35. Woo! Woo! You got to love it. That's going to be cold. You have to love it. I'm not going, just in case yeah. y'all wanted to know. Not happening. I, I'm not doing 35 and uh, or 38 or whatever, 32, 34. I'm good with all that. Not happening. Um, you can watch it from your new $17 million mansion that you and Lincoln Riley are. I bet Lincoln Riley will be watching Mississippi State and Ole Miss baseball today. You think he's tuned in? With one of those uh, bottles from his 600-bottle Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this question. When you buy this mansion like this, does the wine room come somewhat stocked? No. Do you get any wine in this deal? They may leave you one. (laughs) Thank you. But no, it does not. Oh, man. I I guess the question is, how long will it take Lincoln Riley, especially if he's not a wine guy, to come close to filling that thing up? What would you want? I, I mentioned a cigar room. One thing that you would have to have if you had a Big pimping pad like that. My, I feel like I would go more towards like the amenities, like like he mentioned. Uh, they have he's it's got a movie theater in it. That's that would awesome. that would be one that you kind of and it depends on who you are too. Like if it's if you've got kids, like the movie theater could be great. I I also lean towards the like chipping putting green. Oh, that's thing awesome. because that's pretty cool. That and and like that is both entertainment for you alone and also something to do if you have your friends over, like. You know, you can you y'all pour can, a Tito's and soda when you have a little chip contest, have a little putt ha- yeah, contest, you know, throw just, out 20 bucks. Yeah. Something you're having fun with. Exactly. Like, so man, I'd lean that way too. Part of me just says I would just, if I like could only have one thing, it would be like, so that I could design my own outdoor, like living fa- kitchen, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like entertainment facility. With all knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the kitchen slash the reclining, like all of it, you know, for yeah. that outdoor um, but I love the look the cigar slash wine room that you talked about. That's a great, a great plan. Yeah. I mean, I like that idea. I have too. a friend who has one of the coolest cigar rooms in his house that I've ever been in, and it is big balling. What do you think the average price of a bottle of wine is if you buy a seventeen million dollar mansion? Hmm. Like two hundred and fifty bucks? I would think a Hyundai and change, but it may it may go north of two hundred. It, it may cost Lincoln Riley another hundred grand alone to fill his six hundred bottle wine room. Man, that guy's gonna have barefoot in there. That guy's from Texas. He's not he's not putting he's not throwing down seventy seven Bordeaux, I don't think. But I could be wrong. Hey, thanks for listening this week. We had a great time. Uh good shows, good fun. Good interviews. Enjoy the weekend. College baseball. Blake, you calling it? Mississippi State beats Tennessee? I'm not. Well, there you go. Uh, Mississippi State may be looking for a, uh, or will be, maybe, a basketball coach starting this weekend. Have a great weekend. Enjoy some crawfish and cold beer. We'll see you Monday.